Uh, welcome to Board Game Barbarians. I, as always, am your host, Andrew, and with me today is my barbarian brother, Justin. Yes. He is here, and his <laughs> name is Justin. I like that I wasn't bombastic enough with my intro, so you're just going to keep <laughs> introing me just till I'm like, and again, ah, we're still yeah, here. here. Welcome just, again, Justin. It's like when those people, they're like, how are you doing today at a crowd? And they're like, uh, and they're like, I didn't hear you. <laughs> you should speak louder. So it's, like, it's like, you know, it's like, well, do you have a hearing problem? Because there's 400 of us. You idiots. We don't even have to make much noise for you to hear us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> yeah, let's get into it. Um, okay. <laughs> I don't know what's happening right now. I don't know what, what all is happening. Uh, so I guess we're going to talk about the uh, the elephant not in the room, which is we did an entire episode on Beyond the Monolith. Here's our housekeeping. Um, and the day that the episode released, uh, Monolith pulled the entire Kickstarter. <laughs> Presumably because of the bad press from our show. I would assume that's, that's what, yeah, they're like, oh, well, we got, got we got ripped apart by those guys that couldn't say anything about the That's got to be, that's got to be why they're like board game barbarians, the people yeah. with barbarian in the title of their show. They were waiting not, with bated breath. They did not, they didn't like it. And uh, yeah. so we're just, fuck it. Fred was just like, I'm done. We're not doing it. <laughs> can't, can it. But Andrew it didn't got, like it. It got pulled. We decided to, or I decided not to make like an addendum episode or, or release another episode beyond that just because I feel like it was still relevant information because they still tried to do it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it was, um, it's a very uh, notable failure in the board game space, you know, uh, especially coming off the success of two Batman Kickstarters that made like yeah. 40 quadrillion dollars or whatever insane amount of money they made. Like that's, they made enough. You know, and uh, I have been saying for a while that the industry is moving away from really big, heavy, miniature, heavy, giant games like this. And uh, yeah. I'm not saying that this is indicative of that because I think there were, like we discussed, many more problems with it than just that. But I do think that, you know, it, uh, um, I don't know. I, I, I think, I think that it's, it's just it's, oversaturated with, with miniature board games. I think like that, I those think, things. yeah. Where I see it now and I'm like, well, I... I want that, but I'm not going to get it because I but already I don't own want a bajillion. Yeah. yeah, I already own a bajillion miniatures. Yeah, um, and we, yeah, definitely. So we'll talk about, I mean, I guess we can bring it up now. We were going to talk about in the news, uh, Beyond the Monolith is gone, and Conan, a Conan Kickstarter is coming this month, uh, the month of February, I think on the 18th. Mm -hmm. um, they we don't going, have any real details on that, do we? Um, beyond that, it is going to be a continuation of the 2015 conan board game with a solo and co-op um mechanic to it i mean but, i'll be honest i uh, uh the, i'm excited at the prospect but at the same time because you you were like you seemed convinced that i was going to back it you're like you're gonna back it right and i was like i don't think so um for one i'm just kind of back it together no stop making me buy stuff <laughs> Uh, for one, I'm just kind of done with Monolith. And for two, we already have so much Conan content. Like Do an we? insane... Yes! <laughs> and it's like, I, I just, I don't know. I'm I'm reaching a point in my board game hobby where I'm like, no, I really want to enjoy the stuff I have. And I don't know that adding more shit to it is going to help with that, you know? 
Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I understand that. I'm still going to look at it whenever it comes out and see what it's yeah, all about yeah, and see if yeah, they I'm actually, look at it. Yeah. <laughs> of course I'm going to look at it. <laughs> I, I'm going to back it. I'm going to cancel it, but I'm going to back it. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I'm going to see what it, what it's all about and see if they actually release details about it. Unlike uh, beyond the monolith where there was basically like, look at all this cool shit you're going to get, but we don't know how it all works yet. <laughs> or we're not going to tell you how it works. It felt like they just went through their inventory and they're like a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and they put it on a box and they're like, it's beyond the monolith. We don't know. Um, I, do, I, I, I do like on Facebook, they did, uh, they posted a poll and they were like, hey, I know in the last one we said we weren't going to have uh, stretch goals, but we heard a lot of people still wanted stretch goals. So if you guys do want stretch goals, just let us know and we'll add some um, mythic battle pantheon type creatures into the Kickstarter as a stretch goal. I just, that alone just screams to me that they don't fucking know what their audience wants or what to give us. And so they just keep doing random shit. I like, feel I like... appreciate that they're trying to connect with people and be like, hey, what do y'all want from a Kickstarter? But at the same time, it's it's like, it, it, it just on the back of being like, do you want this? No. Okay. Would you want this? And people are like, no, we, no. Just keep releasing Kickstarters <laughs> with what you think people want. And you'll finally, you'll whittle it down to, to what people actually want. My other thing with Conan is I'm painting my Conan miniatures and it's already an incredible, it's, it's a Herculean task. It's like 150 miniatures and yeah. I just don't want to, I know that by the time the Kickstarter gets here, I'm going to be like, I'm finally done. It's going to be like the end of, of Return of the King. And I'm like, it's I'm done. Gonna, I'm going to secretly back it and not tell you. And then just the next time I go to your house, leave a bunch of it at your house. I think I would smash them. I think I would actually <laughs> smash them. <laughs> um, I just, I don't know. You, I just, think you, I, melt, you melt down all of those minis into a giant middle finger and send me a picture. <laughs> or you mail it I, to I, me. I paint it. Yeah. <laughs> it counts. I, um, I, I just, I just, I'm just reaching a point where I'm like, uh, I'm kind of getting a feel for how much, even my favorite games, I mean, I'm going to play them what? a few dozen times i think i have a few dozen plays right. of conan content already and we've owned it we we, we own it and we've done mo we're still talking about it it's been 12 episodes <laughs> we're still talking about conan and we've played it seven times well you know so like we got plenty of conan i'm good on conan All right. but don't do beyond the monolith either if you're listening monolith because that was also shit <laughs> they're still gonna do it mm. they've already said that they're right. gonna do it at a later time God damn Once it. they work out the kinks. But I'm done. We're done talking about Monolith. It's done. We're all over. right. It's over. So we'll, we'll get into my uh, my time since the last episode. Uh, um, I've been painting a lot of Batman minis. Uh, still mm -hmm. still chugging away. Mm -hmm. I've got uh, two sets of bad guys done. Like the, the I've got the brutes, the mm -hmm. Batman, the, the bad guy brutes. So the shotgun yep. guys and the, the punch guys. Nice. Uh, I think I'm I had about done. 30 30 minis on Conan. Painting. Yeah, you, you got a little bit more time than I. Do. <laughs> I no, I'm not like I'm not like well, I got this many paint. I'm just saying like I'm also painting mine and I'm all, you know. Yeah. I'm also making progress is my point. <laughs> um well, and to not get into the topic too early, but for and uh, I've started I've switched gears to cuz I was going to try to finish all the bad guys cuz they're the guys that you actually use every single game. Mm -hmm. So I was like, mm -hmm. why don't I have the, the bad guys painted because like, or the, the, I almost said munchkins, the minions painted 
because all mm-hmm. the villain minions are the ones that you play with every single game. So I was like, I'll finish those guys first. Yeah. But now I've switched gears to um, I'm going to paint all of the dudes that we're going to be using for uh, our topic. Mm-hmm. So once I do that, uh, then I'll switch back to the bad guys. But I'm making some <laughs> nice. headway. Takes me about uh, th- probably two days if I'm like two nights because I can't finish mm. it at night. But two two nights, full entire days, nonstop. Two full asleep. days, nonstop painting to do four guys. Yeah. But I've been batch painting them, but I also change up the colors. But I'm about to paint some police officers, and they're going to be all the same because they're uniformed. Right. Um, it wouldn't make sense to have like one's in pink and one's in blue and one's in green. <laughs> yeah. So um, that might be uh, hopefully a little bit easier. And then I'm also going to paint uh, Gordon. Uh, other than that, Freeman. I did, yeah, Gordon Freeman <laughs> from Half Life. <laughs> yeah, he's in Batman now. Yeah. <laughs> I was said from the Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> Gordon Freeman from the <laughs> Shawshank Redemption. My favorite Batman character, Andy Dufresne. Um, so it's not I, even remotely the same name. <laughs> Morgan Freeman. It's close. Okay, it's got the okay. Same you're last thinking name. the actor. I thought you're thinking uh, Dufresne sounded like <laughs> no. Freeman, and I was like, that's not even kind of close. <laughs> I'm with you now. That makes more sense. Okay. <laughs> Why do you think I, d- I? Okay. Well, I tried to do a Morgan Freeman voice <laughs> when I said Andy Dufresne. Anyway, I also backed Oath. Uh, great success. Great success. Uh, it has yeah. uh, completed. Um, like 900 percent of its goal, or some yeah. Crazy I was kind of. I was partly disappointed, like, uh, because you were talking about uh, Root and all the stuff you got with it. Yeah. And I was like, well, there's not, like, there. I think there were two Kickstarters exclusives, and then a, uh, you could pay, like, 20 or $30 extra for, to sleeve all the cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, I, uh, Oath ended at, uh, pledged goal, a goal was $50,000. Uh, they made $1.1 million. I think they undercut themselves. <laughs> you know, I think they... Well, I mean... Under. This is what, where, like, I think Monolith needs to get on board this train because Leader Games is good about, like, hey, we are a game company and we've been, you know, we have a lot of connections, we have a lot of ability. We're gonna have you fund right. the part. The, the, we we're gonna get the capital from you we actually need, and our business can meet you the rest of the way because we are right. a board game company. You know, I think they're they're good about that. But anyway, you're saying I mean, that I, it didn't come I, with any fancy stuff. Well, I was thinking like it didn't come with that much fa- fancy stuff. But uh, you mm-hmm. know, the more I thought about it, the the mat that it comes with is already a neoprene mat. Um, yeah. It already comes with a box that has enough room for you to sleeve all your cards, and it all fit mm-hmm. in there. And it's got an actual. It looks like it's got an actual insert in it, like a good it's one. It's got an actual insert. Um, the two Kickstarter exclusive things it does come with are like actual metal coins, I think, in um, like a, just like the different kind of things you'll need. And then, of course, it comes with a little the meeple but those aren't really upgraded but that's fine yeah like it i like the, the aesthetic the, the fancy of, journal too right well yeah um yeah you got the coin yeah. back in the journal and yeah so i mean like it, it, i was just like well it doesn't come with like uh i mean it, it comes with everything it needs to come with i don't i don't know why i wanted wanted something extra or <laughs> because it's kickstarter and you're like yeah. i want the fans i want the thing that it, whenever i take ki- the game out people are gonna be like oh where'd you get that and you're like oh, it's exclusive kickstarter it's exclusive exclusive kickstarter that you could buy at any shop <laughs> that also purchased the exclusive kickstarter things yeah um i i also i just i uh i took your advice and i emailed um the alter quest uh company yeah. guys 
because I tried to add the neoprene mats to my pledge and it allowed me to do it and then denied me being able to pay it and then told me I owe them $40 but doesn't give me a chance to pay them $40 <laughs> for the two neoprene mats. Yeah. And, so, and I'm like, uh, whoops. Yeah, I want the mat. Please give so, me some money. I emailed them and I was like, hey, I um, I tried to order this and it allowed me to do it, but then didn't allow me to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Am I going to be able to get these or can you please confirm that I didn't just royally screw up my order and now I don't like, now there's going to be a huge yeah. headache. <laughs> Cancel the whole thing. Keep his money. <laughs> but that's, uh, that's kind of what I've been up with besides uh, stuff you're going to talk about. Yeah. Well, I came to Austin for a uh, board game weekend. <clears throat> Not to I see guess. me. Yeah. Not to see you, no. Um, see it was inconsequential. You just happened to be there. It was Mandrew uh, Gary, your other friend. <laughs> Mandrew, yes, my friend Mandrew. We yep. call him Mandy for short. Yep, I hate him. He's an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Fucking Mandrew Gary. Um, I. I <laughs> Came out for a board game weekend, um, and I, I brought a few things. I, we brought Conan, and really, I yep. think had the first bad game of Conan that we've had so far out of seven games. Because we forgot a bunch of rules. Yeah, uh, a lot of rules were, and you were like, "Well, it's been a month since we, or two months since we played it." And I was like, "Yeah, but it, it wasn't so much that we forgot the rules; it was that the rules were ambiguous and weird, and the main because this was the first time we really used the manual. Yeah, because I have that Which little was a mistake. Che- I have that universal head <laughs> cheat sheet." Which tells you most stuff, and we finally hit a few rules that like were not on the cheat sheet. We're like, all right, we have to actually delve into the actual manual, which I honestly have never even read. I printed out the cheat oh, okay. sheet, and I learned the whole game from that because the manual is so bad. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> so props to Universal Head uh, and, and their cheat sheets because they're amazing. They're just but, their uh, home rules. <laughs> yeah, they just made it up. <laughs> like, this isn't a game at all. It's supposed to be a Euro. Um <laughs> And uh, the manual is just so bad. And uh, then we we did. Uh, what else did we do? We played. Um, what else did we didn't play much actually? We didn't play Batman. Um, no, we didn't play Batman. We played. What the? Whoa! What did we play? <laughs> exactly my point. Jesus, we need to write this down. I know. Well, we <laughs> I, I purchased um, Tiny Epic Quest while I was there, and we played some of that, which was fantastic. And, uh, and I've been. I uh, yeah. I had a, a lot of fun. We played two games of that back to back, and it was really enjoyable. Um, I had kind of been eyeballing the Tiny Epic games for a while, just because I, I travel with my board games down to Waco once a month, and yeah. carrying big piles of boxes is just a huge pain in the ass. Um, I was looking at them, but I, uh, I I don't think I can swing it in the budget this month. Yeah, and so I I um I liked it a lot. I'm gonna play it a few more times, and uh, it might replace. Um, Talisman is kind of my medium to lightweight adventure mm. game. Um, so that's it's that's yeah, because uh, it's it's much smaller and a lot more interactive and more strategic and and really uh, it's a little bit more complicated than Talisman. Uh, but just having too, something so small, uh, I don't know. I like I like Talisman because it's still goofy and dumb. Yeah, like I like Talisman for what it is. Um, but Tiny Epic Quest might be my medium to lightweight adventure game that actually sees play more than like four times a year, you know? Yeah. Um, other than that, what, what, <laughs> what did we even play? What did we play? I don't we even, played, we played our we game that up. we're talking about this week. 
And yeah, then, that uh, was after lunch. We Be- played one of your games, didn't we? Because you went, you took out Obscurio and then set it down, and then you were like, I don't want to play this, oh, and we you play put it unmatched. back up. Unmatched is what we played. We played uh, the you- uh, two-player version, which was... Uh, Bigfoot and Robin Hood, except that you swapped out Robin Hood for the Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee uh, expansion. The Bruce Lee. <laughs> and you were Bigfoot. And I have to say, uh, un- unmatched at two players is w- like with, with two way players faster. being a single model. Way faster, way more fun. Like, yeah. I'm not a big fan of controlling multiple characters to begin with. Conan's kind of my exception to that. Um, but the the 1v1 with each of us being one character on the, the 1v1 board was so much more fun than doing the two characters and two characters thing. You know what we didn't um, get to do? What? Monster Crunch. Still have not played the Monster Crunch. <laughs> Still haven't, no. No. But, you know. We'll get back to you on that. But yeah, um, no, we played, uh, we played Unmatched. Did we play any? I don't think we played... No, we played honestly very little. I was there games. for two and a half days and we played almost nothing. Because we talked about doing Inish too, and then we never did that. Nope. Did not even happen. I think it's because <laughs> we spent, well, we spent like two to three hours eating a bunch of sushi and, yeah. and going to a couple board game shops in the area. Mm-hmm. And I was, I had told myself that if I found a copy of Comet, I was going to impulse purchase it. And I did not find a copy of Comet. In the store that Comet usually is at, uh, they did not have it any longer. Yeah. So it was not on the cards. I'm still, uh, I'm looking forward to the, the redo of Command. I think they're doing a Kickstarter for it. Um, other than that, I I got my uh, Root Underworld Kickstarter expansion yeah. in the mail. Super excited to see that. And it was kind of a th- strange situation because when it when I kickstarted it back in like God, August, September, I don't know. Um, I remember <laughs> when the backer year? kit. Yeah. Like eight, 2018. Was it August, September of 20, 2019? 2019, yeah. That's a really quick turnaround. Yeah. Uh, and maybe it was earlier in the year. Um, I'm not sure, to be honest. I'm n- but it, I, ha- it, I haven't, though I haven't been on Kickstarter that long, I haven't seen a turnaround more than, or less than a year. Um, well, I mean, to be fair, they were established in, uh, let me see, uh, March 2019. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, yeah, that was, uh, it was March 2019. So, um, less than still yes in the year. Done. That's great. That's yeah, great which is, is good. Um and now it was kind of a weird thing where after the thing was over, uh, because this is the leader game seems to like their early Kickstarters for newer products. They're like, all right, here's a couple bonuses. But then it seems like their subsequent Kickstarters, there's, they're like, here's a ton of shit because we know you're going to buy it and that you want it and that there's market for it, which is smart. Um, and I all, all I bought was the upgrade pack to upgrade the boards in my base game to the new boards so that they were fully upgraded. And uh, what I got in the mail was everything, like everything on their Kickstarter <laughs> and two upgrade packs. <clears throat> so I, I got two Neoprene mats. I got the Root Underworld expansion, Exiles and Partisans decks, 12 resin clearing markers, the full Vagabond Meeple miniature pack with extra Vagabonds. I got... Um, Which I thought I f- was funny because you were like, <laughs> you were like, I didn't order any of this, and I was like, Are you? <laughs> well, no. Are you sure? Well, here's what happened. I was like, Oh my god, they sent it to me for free. They must have messed up my order. What the fuck? This is. Uh, I didn't pay for this. Are you sure they just don't like you a lot? Here's what happened. So the Kickstarter ended, and and I, I don't kickstart stuff, so I'm not really sure how it works. Now, what I've learned <laughs> after the fact is that I kickstarted it, and when the Kickstarter ended, they took my money, right, my sixty five dollars for the Underworld right, expansion, which they plus normally shipping. do. And then, like, three, four months later, they sent out this backer kit survey, and they're like, you have to do the survey. It's where you add on your extra stuff if you want it. 
And so I was like, okay, cool. I'll go in there and I'll add on my upgrade kit. And it goes, all right, $70. And I was like, all right, well, it was $50 plus shipping plus the upgrade kit, $70. And I paid my $70. <laughs> what I actually did was I paid $65 when the Kickstarter ended. And then it had been a couple months and I, for I forgot the money came out of my account. And when it came up and said $70, I was like, okay, yeah, well, $70 for the Kickstarter and the thing. And I just thought they hadn't charged me yet. Yeah. And I accidentally bought the full package of everything extra that comes with Root Underworld. And I know I did it on accident because I remember telling myself, convincing <coughs> myself that I do not need the neoprene um, game boards, the, the mats. And I remember regretting not ordering them because I the, you the, talking the, the root, too. yeah, the root game board does not lay totally flat. But I told myself that's okay. It's okay. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's nice. I've played um, this week. I've played three games of root. I played one the day before my expansion came in. Uh, I played one with my wife and daughter, and I played one earlier today solo as four factions that I did not know how to play and learned how to play those. So I think in the last few days I've gotten fully up to speed on all eight root factions, nice. and uh, uh, so I'm I'm very excited to play more it's of it. Be very, I know, I know you were because I was super interested in playing the lizards, and you said that yeah, they and have... I I learned them today, and they're very fun, very weird, yeah. but really fun. I'm very interested to see how they. How are the was it the mole the mole people? Uh, the core the the. Corvid Conspiracy and the yeah. Grand uh, Duchy of Moles or something like that. Um, they're both a lot of fun. The Corvid Conspiracy is really great. They're actually a really small, easy-to-play faction. And their whole thing is they place these face-down plot tokens. And that's how they score points is with these plot tokens. And they can flip them. And some of them are bombs that blow up a whole clearing or they're um, um, snares that trap enemies. And they nice. score points by flipping these tokens, right? Well, but here's the thing. Any other character or player on their turn can guess what a face-down token is. And if they guess correctly, it goes away. So it's, it kind of adds this fun, like, guessing game element. And yeah, the Corvid nice. can also, like, swap, swap tokens, right? So if they place a token in a, a clearing that's full of bad guys, you're like, that's definitely a bomb. And mm. then on their turn, they can swap it with another token, you know? And just and it's, it's just a lot of fun. They're really fun, easy, because I, I, I like exp the expansion characters, but almost all of the expansion content has been more complicated than the base game factions. And I don't love that because, you know, new players are like, oh, you got the new expansion, I want to play it. And then I'm like, yeah, but the expansion characters are real complicated, like the lizards or the river folk or whatever. And uh, the malls are, are pretty complex, but the Corvid Conspiracy, my four-year-old played them relatively well, <laughs> to, to be honest. Um, and they're, they're, they're a lot of fun. Uh, um but yeah, the, the malls are also really cool and really weird. The neoprene mats are awesome. The new game board looks really cool. Um, I finally played on the winter side of the mat with randomized clearings. It's just, it's a shitload of root. We have, oh, I have, I have so much root now. It's like coming out of my ears. Yeah, we'll definitely be having you bring that. I'll just, I'll just sell all my games <laughs> and we can just play your games at all of the, uh, there you go. the game days. And, when, and then it also came with the full Clockwork expansion, which adds four full automated <laughs> factions. And, yeah, so we can which each is, have an automated cool. faction. And yeah, that well, that's the thing is I was like, well, we can if we each run a faction and then also run an automated faction, we can play four player game counts with four player configurations. Yeah. Um, I do like that the moles are what's called a a high reach 
uh, uh, faction. So they mm-hmm. they you can play them with like them and the cats, and that's a that's a even game, you know. Okay, nice. Because um, they do it by a point value thing now. Because so you faction, can't do like otters with the cats. That wouldn't really work. No, that would. So the way they do what's called reach value. So they have a number, and they're like, all right, for this player count, you want X reach value, and each faction has a reach value. So they'll be like, all right, for two players, you want a reach value of seventeen. So you take any two factions that equal seventeen. Yeah, and that's just their recommended things. The one I played today, it was um, I played those four factions, and it was not the appropriate value. So yeah. the game was a little weird. Um, like it's still very, it's absolutely playable, but you run into things where there, it's like, oh, well. Only, you know, there's too many factions that are building buildings, so there's not enough building spots, which is, you know, it's a it's a thing, you know, but it's because you're playing with a, a weird reach count, right? Right. Um, gonna, was it just too high? No, it was too low for, for me. And it oh, was, okay. uh, I had three factions, or I, it, I don't even remember what it was, but there was just a shitload of tokens on the board because <laughs> uh, everyone's just lizards are just spitting out tokens and the moles are, are, are buildings and moles are spitting out buildings and the building slots are all filling up and it's like oh my god there's nowhere to build um and uh, it was it was it was a weird game it was fun though um but yeah so i'm i'm very excited on root i cannot wait to play more and uh, it's excited. everything i have is gorgeous my biggest complaint is that now my root takes up way more than just the one little tiny compact root box well, get over it. I've I've gotten it compacted <laughs> down into a box, an expansion box, and then the two tubes that hold the mats. Yeah. And I gotta tell you, I'm not going back to the cardboard game boards. That's that's for the birds. Those neoprene <laughs> mats are so nice. It's just yeah. Hopefully, are. hopefully, I'm able to grab those Alter Quest boards because that would yes. be uh, very nice. Uh, um, so I'm I'm very excited about that and have been uh, really like. Uh, it's I'm I'm at, I'm in the state where I'm like too excited and it's like all I'm thinking about for the last couple of days and it's like I need mm-hmm. to chill out because I'm not gonna have time to play it for a while you know right but, I mean yeah. I, I'm uh, I mean you showed the picture and I got very excited because I really like Root yeah. and I've uh, I've struggled with wanting to purchase it well thankfully you can't purchase it uh, and haven't been able to purchase it for half a year so <laughs> well I mean it's available it's just expensive. No, well, yeah, yeah. Well, that's not. I can if it's above MSRP, I consider that not available. Okay. Well, I mean, like, that's like an asshole selling it it. from other people for a hundred dollars, which is something I'm not going to do. That's double MSRP, right? But then that's what I said. I'm not going to do it. But I like I've I've, I like the game so much that I I if probably if or when they ever do a reprinting, they um, are. They've taken they're taking pre-orders for the reprint right now. I think. Oh, are they? No. Yeah, they're they're having a lot of issues with fulfilling their Kickstarter stuff, and then they have Oath going on, and they also have the RPG going on, and the digital version of Root going on, and I, they just had a uh, coronavirus Maybe. situation that's delaying yeah, some of their their, about that their pledges. Bit. So they got they just got a lot of shit going on right now. Honestly, yeah, and, and like if I see it in a store, then I'd probably pick it up, kind of a thing. But uh, yeah, well, but then you'd only have the four base game factions, Andrew. You also oh, need the no. Underworld expansion and the River. Like that's you wouldn't have, have the lizards you. or the River Folk. <laughs> You just have the four. You wouldn't have your two favorite factions. That's true. Well, I don't know mm, if see. the lizard's my favorite yet. And that's I the thing. Think, is I, I that's why I have you. We're, we're never going to stop being friends because if we did, then I would just murder you, <laughs> you and take to, your yeah, root expansion. That's perfect. Contractually <laughs> obligated friendship based yeah. on board games. That's the as strongest. Long as, 
As long as there's a record deal, we'll always be friends. Um, Let's go ahead and move on to to news. I do want to say uh, before we move on real quick that I am super excited. When you showed the pictures, I was kind of upset that you hadn't rolled out the neoprene mats for me to look at, even though they look the same as like a a board. Oh, yeah. I haven't sent you a picture of what it looks like set up with it because I also got the big resin 3D clearing markers. Oh, man. It's it's, it's real slick. It's nice. It's real slick. You (laughs) asshole. I I swear to God I bought it on accident because I'm stupid. But uh, yeah, you sent the picture of like all the stuff before you opened it because you were like, I yeah. don't know if I should open this because I don't know if it was an accident. Yeah, and I was like, just open it so I could see what it looks like. Oh man, it's cool. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'm not gonna send you pictures. I'll save it till we're actually playing. It'll be like a okay. fun surprise all right, a that fun you can surprise. look at my things that I own. I'll just scream in the middle of a board such, game store. Such a good friend. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, all right. So let's get in the news. We already talked about a couple of the things that we had already planned to speak about, like Oath and Beyond the Monolith. Um, what yep. I don't know what ZineQuest is. Can you explain <laughs> Zine that Quest. So um, this is the second time, I think, uh, two years in a row now that Kickstarter has done ZineQuest, uh, where Zine. they are, they're basically... Zang. Zine! They're basically, um, I guess, kind of sponsoring, like, uh, uh, it's just like a... a big campaign where they're like hey we're highlighting a bunch of people who are making small like single color booklet style um tabletop rpg modules and and Mm -hmm. systems okay um so it's just basically a big series of like indie tabletop rpgs that you can pick up for like 10 15 bucks uh, made by smaller game developers, um, um, and it, there's just a lot of really cool stuff going on. I think it's going on from um, this uh, the month of February, um, so definitely check it out. There's some really cool things like the the top one right now is this game called Artifact, which is a solo uh, tabletop RPG based around crafting magical weapons. So okay. instead of following the story of a character, you follow the story of a weapon as it goes through different owners. Um, hmm. Just really cool stuff like that. Uh, I just yeah, wanted to mention it because uh, I'm. Some of my favorite tabletop RPG stuff in the last several years have been like weird small systems and publications, and you know it's uh, it's in. I, I feel like we get in this thing where Kickstarter is always this big expensive thing. Like I spent three hundred dollars on Root and the expansions, you know. Yeah. And uh, sometimes I think it's nice to find smaller things on Kickstarter for smaller indie developers. That that, in my opinion. That's what Kickstarter is for. It's for people that don't have the means and the connections and the business acumen to go out and like start a real right. business. They're like, I just make this fucking booklet we're, about orcs in my basement. Would you like to buy it? You know, <laughs> where Kickstarter has now been like, we're a huge company, but we don't want to actually put the capital behind this thing <laughs> that we don't yeah. know if is actually going to be successful or not. So uh, yeah. you do it. So uh, and, and not to shit on anyone that that has a Kickstarter or likes different styles of Kickstarters. I just feel yeah. like. The Zine Quest is very indicative of what I like to see on Kickstarter. One of my favorite Kickstarters I ever got was Crypt, a uh, little tiny. It's like this big, like like little bitty, like size of two packs of cards, um, card and dice game about robbing tombs. That was like twenty dollars, and I just bought it on a whim. It's fun. Go on to Zine Quest and buy a couple things on a whim. Spend some money on some stuff that's not a gigantic <laughs> box full of eight hundred miniatures. And now that you've said that, I'm going to talk about two things that are on Kickstarter right now that are <laughs> gigantic boxes of managers. <laughs> not, I'm, I, they're just two things that I've, I noticed today. Uh, I'm not yeah. going to back them, and I don't. Um, th- they just looked interesting, just because um, one of them is called Wonderland's War, which is uh, just Alice in Wonderland mm-hmm. uh, board game of some sort that comes with a lot of cool stuff, but 
I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not going to back it. It just looks cool. But it mm-hmm. kind of also looks like too much. And then the other thing it's that 468 percent funded. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to talk about is uh, I, I've I've never played it, but I know a lot of people that have, which is uh, Vampire the Masquerade is a, oh, a yeah, yeah, yeah. tabletop role playing game that now has a board game that oh, is really? a tabletop role playing game in a box. So it comes with about eight miniatures, uh, character sheets, mm-hmm. and then it's it's got like eight books of dialogue that you can read through um, based on your story no 40 plus dialogue booklets 300 event and investigation cards 100 plus npc cards and standees Um, i see this this is this is big holy crap it's massive and there's a uh there's an addition to make the 100 plus npc cards and standees into actual miniatures which is insane um please don't but I, I've never I've never played it before. I'm I'm not gonna personally back it just because I don't know what it's about other than that it's a tabletop role playing game where you're vampires. Um but for anyone that's interested, it looks like it is a RPG in a box and it is already well funded past its yeah. uh and Vampire the Masquerade, it, it just had um kind of a, a reboot thing because it was originally an early nineties tabletop RPG by White Wolf. And uh, it had, um, I just pulled it up, it had a 20th anniversary edition in 2011, which was very long after their last edition, which was 98. And then they just had a, mm-hmm. a so it goes like this, this is timeline, you ready for this? 91, first edition, 92, second edition, 98, revised edition, 2011, <laughs> 20th anniversary edition, 2018, fifth edition. <laughs> so Those are goes, some huge gaps. One, two, revised, 20 and five is has but been yeah, the release if, schedule. If you want the all-in pledge, it's 350. No, uh, sorry, it's 265 U.S. I want a steal. I was expecting 350. 350 Canadian. Mm, there you go. That's yeah. the problem. Um, uh, so, it, I mean, yeah. it, it looks cool. Yeah. But uh, I don't think... we are. We also already have a you know role-playing game in a box already that we still haven't played all the way through and need to get through which one um <sighs> gloomhaven oh yeah we also have a <laughs> gamma world box set and i have about five 80 second edition box sets and some first edition box sets yeah we need to do all of those right now let's just okay, quick come show. over <laughs> Um, and then I think you had one other uh, news note. In oh, here. yeah, I, I did want to mention, uh, and this was found on Reddit, so grain of salt, but I, I did see it corroborated by multiple other people and multiple other Kickstarter campaigns. Um, but this was, uh, I found it originally reported by Restoration Games, reporting that no, as in zero, game manufacturers in China are currently permitted to be open and working at this time uh, due to the, the coronavirus situation uh, going on over there. Um, so I did just want to mention it. Um, it's it's a uh, uh, one of those things that could potentially have a domino effect that pushes many many projects back as factories uh, they have to apply to reopen and factories that produce you know necessities like medical supplies and stuff I've I've been given priority so you know um, I, I hope that everyone over there stays safe and I I mean obviously we're all very understanding and, and it's a terrible situation and I right. it feels silly to be like oh no coronavirus but our board games you know like I mean I'm uh, already- uh, I'm already under, I, this is me personally also, because so, I know there are some people 
as reading Kickstarter comments where people are insane. We're like, why don't I have my board game two days after I pledged for it? <laughs> yeah. um, but like, be uh, understanding, and, and we, we get it, but I did just want to mention it for anybody. I'm that's, already that's... waiting over a year for most of my stuff. I can wait a couple other months for it to yeah. get here. Yeah, my, my point was that I think um, with this big of a manufacturing halt, we're going to see this kind of, especially in like the board game Kickstarter world, which is so frivolous and, and unnecessary, that I think yeah. we could see kind of a ripple effect that'll probably go through at least the rest of this year. You know, shutting down all board game manufacturing for several weeks pushes a lot of things back, you know. Yeah. And then who knows when they're going to actually reopen. We have no idea. Obviously, everything's which still... Is- why you have to rely on the board games you have and just enjoy the things you have and not get obsessed or just get your giant accidental root kickstarter order in (laughs) right under the wire (laughs) yep everybody do that real quick right now um so this this uh this month we're talking about a song of blades and heroes which is a game that oh it's your song oh got it it's a game that you've been very excited for for like five years no not that two years i I think it's been a it's been a while i discovered it a couple years ago and was like pumped and everyone was like i don't care and i was like okay i I think it was at least three years ago no it was two two years because i was doing warhammer 40k it was was 2018 no what was it uh when did we buy you the the ninja turtles game that was um Mm, that would have been my 29th birthday because you were with me on my 30th birthday. That is the uh, that is the year that you told me about it because I came <laughs> okay. over to see the game and you're like, I also have this other game and you pulled it open and you didn't really like explain what it, we were just like, hey, this is a cool thing that I that I bought and I printed it out and I'm learning about it. Would you be interested? And I said yes. And you're like, cool. And then we never talked about it for like a you year. You said no. I didn't say no. Yeah, you gave one of these like, yeah, I mean, I don't know, like I'd be. You well, it's because I know, wasn't. When, I was still live. I'm still in Austin. And I was like, we didn't have oh, game whatever. days at all yet. That yeah, that was back. That was the before time, the long, long ago. <laughs> the long, the dark, long ago. The dark days yeah. before we realized we could just drive an hour and a half each and meet in Waco <laughs> and play board games. Yeah. Um, I re- I will never forget my wife. Uh, me being like, man, I just wish I could hang out and play board games with Andrew. And my wife goes, Why don't you meet him halfway? And I go, What? She goes. <laughs> You live four hours away from each other. You each drive a couple hours, and you meet halfway in like I don't like Waco or something. I was like, yeah. like and you drove to Waco that night without telling waited. me. And you waited there. Um, so, Song of Blazing Heroes was uh, published in 2007 by uh, Ganesha Games. It was designed by uh, designed, and the art was done by Andrea. And, and I'm going to try to pronounce his name. I have a guide. Uh, Andrea Sifilagoy. <laughs> Okay. I'm I'm sorry I butchered it. Really um, goy, but he's he's done a whole mess of of games. Um, he done make it, and uh, uh, he's still very active on the Facebook groups and and in board game geek forums. He's still making games. He's still got some new stuff out. Um, but it's it's older games, 2007. But this is yeah. a uh, for anyone that's listening. Before we kind of get into and because re- a lot of people may not know about it because I didn't yeah, know anything I imagine about it. Very few, yeah. Until Justin brought it to my attention, and even then I didn't pay too much attention until just recently. Um, it is a, a war game. Mm-hmm. And I, we've talked about Skirmish-level war game, yeah. We have talked about it previously on other episodes. Yeah, briefly. we mentioned it. Yeah. Um, I'm but sure it is I brought a, it up, yeah. A skirmishing war game where you can use any miniatures um, and kind of just have a, a nice battle between 
chums you know yeah uh this is it's the same kind of thing that like Frostgrave does uh, put out by osprey games i think osprey games has some other war games like this um it's you buy a book and then the book gives you profiles but then it's not specific about what line of miniatures you use, what size of miniatures you use. You can just apply these rules and profiles to any miniatures you want. Yeah. And it is, it's it's built to be skirmish level. There are rules that scale up to full war size, like big giant uh, uh, war you, game. If you look on Board Game Geek, you will see lots of pictures of Legos. <laughs> yeah, lots of people play with Legos, which is fine. You yeah. can play with whatever you want. Um, it's adaptable to hex grids or uh, measuring sticks. It's uh, also, I've seen people adapt it to uh, square grids, which are, in, in the war game world, square grids are really frowned upon because the the math of moving diagonally is, it's just a whole thing. I'm not even yeah. going to get into it because I don't even fully understand it. But if you right. want to look it up, it is really interesting. But people are like, this is why you should use hexes, not squares, for, for accurate movement. Um, but yeah, it, it is a skirmish tabletop war game that does not have it they they did have an official line of miniatures but it was like buy them if you want them you don't you don't need them yeah and i do want to kind of get into get into scope real quick we're not really we're not here this episode uh to review it really in any light because we Mm -hmm. haven't really spent a whole lot of time with it so we're kind of just here to give first impressions and uh talk about just the we played two games really yeah you played two games i played a few more than that um i've spent a lot of time with the rules because again i've had them for years i've read them many times (laughs) and it's a short i mean i think it's 36 pages is the whole rule book you know yeah Uh, it's not tremendously long it's not long um but uh, we did we have gone through the process of actually creating our own war bands that we will Mm -hmm. bring to a the next game day (laughs) And battle them out and see how it all t- works out. Yeah. Well, I think um, um, to give more context, I mean, the reason we even cared about like a miniatures agnostic skirmish level war game is that we kind of looked around and realized like, hey, we have a shitload of miniatures for these board games that yeah. w- once we're done with the board games, we don't feel like playing them. They're not going to see play anymore. You know, we spent all this money on all this plastic. And I think what hooked you was when Beyond the Monolith happened about a month, you know, a, a month or two ago. And I was like, hey, mm-hmm. if you want a war game where we can fight Batman versus Conan, we already have that. Do you don't we? need to buy all this extra shit. We have a miniatures agnostic rule system. And I think that's when you really got on board when it was like, hey, why don't we take our miniatures from our board games that we're painting for fun and yeah. use them in this other game? It gives us an extra function for them, you know. I would say, uh, real quick, the only problem I have with this game is it does make me want to purchase, even though I don't have to, uh, Judge Dread miniatures so that way oh, I can man. battle yeah. them against Batman and Conan. Yeah, the I'd trifecta. <laughs> the problem is right now there is a Judge Dread miniatures game, but it's a it's really very weird expensive. scale. Yeah, so you can use any scale you want, but you want all your miniatures to use the same scale, and those I think right. are thirty-five millimeter, and we're running twenty-eight millimeter. Yeah, uh, so they're a bit so, a yeah. bit larger, but uh, and also a bit more expensive just for like the oh, Judge yeah. Dread starter pack. That Judge like Dread miniatures something bucks. Stupid money. Yeah, um, but it, yeah, so the it, the rules of it, I guess, are, or what do you, where do you kind of want to start with this? Um, I'm kind of just going to sort of fire through them. Um, so again, it is a skirmish level war game. What that means is that it is a tabletop game focused around miniatures that you're moving around a, a you know, potentially piece of 3D terrain that you've roped off. Um, and you start by constructing your war band up to a certain point level, normally 300 points, which is going to be between like 
maybe on the low end three and on the high end like 12 models, but probably more like between six and nine individual guys. Because in the rules, it does say after you play a couple of games at 300, then you increase you increase to five to 600 warbands. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can go as big as you want, and it's got rules for larger games. Um, and like most traditional war games, you after you've got your war band put together, which you do by uh, they've got a little matrix and uh, some math that you can do to kind of work it out, or they got a website that you go and just check boxes, and it tells you your point values of each model. Yeah. Uh, the upside to it being miniature agnostic is that you can just apply whatever profiles you want to whatever miniature you want. You know, if you want right. to fit that cool minotaur into your team, but you only got sixty points. We'll just make him worth 60 <laughs> points or remove some points from that skeleton and give him the points that you want to give I, him. I think know? the hardest part for me was uh, doing the abilities points, making that <laughs> yeah. 50% was the hardest thing. Yeah. So you've got, um, it, it's a very simple game. It's played with three six-sided dice. Uh, each model has two stats, a quality check, which is used to check morale and see if you can activate them. And then it's got a combat check, which you roll against each other to, to determine right. combat. Um, and combat works on an odds evens system where on odds the enemy model is pushed back uh, a, a base length and on evens they're fallen and fallen enemies are easier to defeat. Uh, yeah. On your turn for each model you can select to roll between one or three dice but if you do not meet that quality check whatever it is you know so if your quality is a three and you roll three dice and you roll a four and two twos then you've had two failures. You'll only get to activate them once, and then it turns over to the opponent. So that means that instead of doing the big Warhammer thing where it's like, all right, I'm going to meticulously move my 37 miniatures, <laughs> okay, that half hour has passed. Now if you would move your 37 miniatures. <clears throat> um, so it, it kind of bounces back and forth, uh, yeah. which is really nice. And uh, uh, I liked it too just because of the, the that, that mechanic that, of rolling your quality in order to move your miniature, and then if you roll right. two failures, it moves on to the next person. That that I love the speed. I also love that it, it is kind of a push your luck mechanic because sometimes you'd be like, man, I'm really on my back foot. I'm really you in love, a bad spot. You love those push your luck mechanics. I do love them, uh, and because what it it gives you these really tense moments where you're like, man, I'm about to lose this. And so normally you would roll three dice for your final model that you're going to activate because the play turns over after you've activated all your models anyway. Yeah. And so you go, all right, well, I've got two guys left. I'm going to roll three dice on both of them and risk not even getting to take a turn. But if it pays off, you, you know, you're potentially getting to take three actions with each character. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a fun it's just a fun really fun back and forth. It's really light. Um, it's scenario based. So you go into it and you and your opponent agree on like, all right, let's do a scenario where you're defending a keep or we're trying to find a magical item, which anyone that's played war games uh, will understand. Uh, it's kind of a, a little D and D esque where you're like, all right, let's make up a scenario. Why are we Why are we having this fight? What are we here yeah, for? You know, that's what it kind of felt like to me was. I think it would work. the The system would work well, like in a D and D scenario as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like if, you, um, if you had like a D and D campaign, and then your all your combat was done in the Song of Blaze and Heroes. Yeah. So then you have your actual setup, and your scenario normally dictates like, all right, defender sets up terrain, attacker sets up miniatures first, uh, and then there are supplements for extended campaigns for full scale wars with with tons of miniatures for dungeons, uh, uh, all kinds of of really neat expansions There's a bunch of expansions there's uh, i'm gonna list through them real quick there's song of deeds and glory which adds your extended campaign rules so if you're like hey we want to show up with the same war bands every week and add guys to it and remove them and level guys up as we battle each other over and over and over again you've got that 
You've got Song of Wind and Water, which adds uh, water and weather rules. And then you've got Song of Gold and Darkness, which adds full dungeon rules. So you can actually, it's, and it's, what I love about this is that it is dungeon tile agnostic. So you can buy any commercially available yeah. dungeon tiles. We just bought a set of the D&D dungeon tiles. I'm and excited you can, for it. Yeah, you can absolutely just add, sit down, build a dungeon, and create a story, emergent gameplay style with your warband as you are going into this dungeon to do one of the dungeon scenarios, you know, find a, a, a captured, maybe the last week one of your guys died and you went, oh, well, how about he's captured and I have to go rescue him from your keep and we'll do a dungeon to do that or trying to find a dragon and get its gold and, and or escape. Or you had, you had one where it was like, there's like a necromancer inside and you're going through a, uh, going through a graveyard trying to get into it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so there, there, you can really do whatever you want with it and the game really does encourage you like, hey, if you can play with a game master and let them make scenarios and, and they, you know, they really encourage that kind of thing. Even in the book that uh, uh, Andrea writes, the best games we've had were with a third person that was a game master that was running the game for us. Yeah. Um, but at that and, point, you might as well play D&D. Show over. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and then there, there is the successor to the game, which is Advanced Song of Blades and Heroes, which adds just a ton of shit. Um, which we are absolutely not going to get into because we just don't even okay. have the time. Um, <laughs> but I think the biggest difference is it adds a full magic system. But one oh, of the things okay. I love about Song of Blades and Heroes is that every magic user has two spells. One that can transfix, which, which, which disables an opponent, and one that damages an opponent. And the way the rules explain this is they're like, hey, we don't think you need a spell for lightning bolt and a spell for fireball. Right. You can just use your ranged attack spell and assume that your wizard in that moment is using whichever spell, lightning bolt or fireball or magic missile, makes sense in that situation. Yeah. Um, and that and that's sense. the way the rules kind of explain it away. But removing the magic system, but still including magic users, um, I, I like that a lot. It really simplifies things, and I don't miss having big, complicated spell lists, honestly. I just... Yeah, I'm I'm fine with it, you know. Yeah, I'm fine with that as well. That was a uh, not a great part of uh, of D and D for me was having the giant spell list that I had to constantly yeah. keep track of. Um, so I, I really like it. It's it's like it's like D and D light mixed with a skirmish war game. Uh, yeah. and I, I I really like how um agnostic it is. It's like use whatever you want. Like we've been gluing uh, Napoleonic miniatures to washers and using those. And it works great. Like they say that in the manual, you know, <laughs> um, it, and it's, it, it really does seem to lend itself to a more free form kind of gameplay, you know? Yeah. Uh, where and it's, I it's was more liking, like, go ahead. I, I was liking like just the, the combat aspect of it because we were, we were talking about like doing scenarios and things like that. And, it, and to me, whenever we were playing, I was thinking, well, let's not, we don't really need to do, to do a scenario or do a story behind this. I mean, that's kind of, we, we play D and D as well. And that's kind of where we get yeah. that fix. I, I just want to like, enjoy the, the tactics. I just want to beat the crap out of each other. <laughs> like, for, Which is fine. You know, um, obviously you don't want to do that. And, but I do, I did, I did find it interesting that you said that when we were playing on, and I guess now we're kind of getting into first impressions because we bought into X-Wing miniatures 2.0. And we sat down yep. and we played, we played several games of it. And finally we were like, it's just not fun. We're not having fun. It's not bad, but we're not having fun. And you were like, well, I think it's just because we just sit down and beat the crap out of each other. Like there's nothing else well, going on. 
And I was I, like, well, let's try these other scenarios. But then when we sat down to this game, you're like, no, let's just keep sitting here beating the crap out of each other. Well, I think the difference was is it was like a, it was an even it felt like an even playing field uh, with Song of Blades and Heroes versus um, whenever we played X-Wing, you had uh, you had the Millennium Falcon and you had two different smaller ships. You had an X-Wing mm-hmm. and a Y-Wing, I, I believe. Yeah. And both the X-Wing and the Y-Wing had healing powers. Yeah. Um, because of your droids. And then I had the earlier uh, Millennium Falcon mm-hmm. and Slave One. So I only mm-hmm. had two ships. And I was like, well, I got these two big ships and I'll just like take you out real quick. <laughs> didn't work that way. And then you just ended up like pummeling me and healing yourself. And I didn't have any healing ability with either of my ships. Yeah. So it just didn't like... I felt outgunned and outmatched. Well, I do feel like, and that's the upside to a game like Song of Blades, is that if we played a scenario of Song of Blades and you're like, oh my god, dude, uh, you wail on me with those ranged guys. I have no ranged guys. You could just sit down and like cross out you know whatever like uh uh magic user or whatever you know ability right. like savage on one of your guys and write in shooter you know and then look now he's <laughs> yeah he's got a bow or even or he's like throwing could, an axe or you know not to get too ahead of ourselves but we also we played a game where you were like it was like six against nine you had six mm-hmm. oars and i had nine undead dudes mm-hmm. but uh, all of my i was out manning you during that mm-hmm. battle but all of them oh, yeah. had terrible quality and terrible like <laughs> Terrible quality, but yeah. great attack. But I couldn't ever get them to do anything, so I just got yeah. murdered. And that, and that felt that didn't feel unfair to me. Yeah, I mean, even something like X Wing. Obviously, yes, you can change your loadout or whatever, but you, you're still restricted to the gear that 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 you, that you can put on that model, and you yeah, can't those change two ships some of. Don't have healing at all. Yeah, like, you can repair. change some of the more you, you know some of the more esoteric things you know uh like gear and, and droids and things song of blades you can literally just be like now nah, i'm gonna totally change his stats entirely yeah this guy's you know, gone. you'd be like yeah you'd be like i'm gonna cut this guy or okay now this mummy is a necromancer because that seems cooler to me and it doesn't matter it's fine you know it's totally yeah. fine um but yeah i guess, I guess we can kind of get into first impressions we're i mean rolling a I've, bit. yeah i've already kind of gone into my, yeah, my first impressions i mean because <laughs> First, the real first impressions, what we talked about is you brought it to me and I, um, I've always been kind of weary of, uh, Warhammer Majors. or minute or yeah. a, a war game really in the yeah. sense that it didn't, it never sounded really super fun to me. Yeah. Um, and mostly because we already played things like Dungeons and Dragons, which had yeah. a battle element to it. And whenever we played in person, it was a miniatures, we played with miniatures, so it was right. basically a miniatures war game in that sense, or at least a miniatures dungeon crawler. Um, so I, I was kind of already fulfilling that need in the past. But actually sitting down and playing the game, it was a lot of uh, it was a lot of fun sitting there building a tiny three-person war band. Yeah, I mean, you, you without ever head. even... Without ever even having seen the rules, sat down and built a functioning war band in twenty minutes. You know, yeah. And also, I because I, I, you know, I'm insane, so I bought the like fancy acrylic measuring sticks and all this stuff. And I showed yeah. up to your house. I had forgotten <laughs> the book and the measuring sticks. All I brought was my big box of D and D miniatures. And but I was like, oh shit, we with can't like play. A piece of string and some yeah, cardboard. We, we, we like we. You're like, all right, we'll pull up the PDF on my iPad. And uh, we'll write up some war bands because each model is like two stats and then a couple special rules. That's not much. And then we cut yeah. measuring sticks because it goes by a short, medium, long measuring stick system instead of the tape measure shit that Warhammer does. 
Yeah. Um, we cut measuring sticks out of a pizza box or no, a, a, a beer box. Yep. And uh, and we st- we played, you know, and had a good time. And at some point, we we're like, oh, let's have a forest. We just cut up a piece of paper and wrote forest on it and set it down. And we're and like, you never went into it. No, we completely <laughs> we avoided, avoided the whole thing. It. Yeah, that was that was dumb of both of us. <laughs> um, but yeah, what but was yeah. your your first impressions? Because you're the one that found it. Well, I, I did. I discovered it while I was trying to get into Warhammer 40k. Um, I painted a full um space marine army what a fool uh yeah bought it painted the whole <laughs> thing put the decals on they look real nice i just recently finally sold them and uh, oh nice you didn't tell me yeah. you got them finally sold well i, I sold them to pablo so. oh okay <laughs> <laughs> that's still that's still getting them sold true i was like look man do you want that you know and i let him buy me out of my half of the big terrain mat that we bought and the the book that we you know the, the rule book and everything and i was like look man oh, you okay. just take them and um so I, I was, I think maybe that's why I enjoyed it so much is I was in the middle of trying to get into real war games, real multi-hour. I spent 800 nights in a row painting this giant army and meticulously reading this huge 400 page full color rule book. Yeah, that Let's go. Insane. And, uh, and, and no hate for anybody that liked that kind of thing. It's just a lot. Like you, you, you don't, for me, I'm like, I like tabletop games. It's you a heavy point li- of injury. Yeah, you can't like tabletop games and play 40K. It's like you either do tabletop games or you do 40K. You know, it's just, it's massive. It's just so massive and expensive and eats up all your time and all your space. And it's huge. So for people out there that like that, more power to you. Enjoy what you enjoy. That's fine. I mean, that's what you like. And But we're we're into, we want to play a bunch of different board games. (laughs) Right. And we Um, don't have the time to commit to more hammers specifically. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, Adam from the tabletop minions, YouTube channel. I used to, when I was painting my Warhammer army, I would watch the tabletop minions, YouTube channel, which is a great channel. Um, and cause it was all about Warhammer and I would just sit and watch him for hours and paint these little fucking blueberries. And he mentioned casually in a video, like, Hey, when I go to a convention or whatever, I take a big Ziploc baggie of these pre-painted D and D miniatures and I I'm watching it and painting this guy and I'm going, I have that. And he goes, and he goes, and this PDF of Song of Blades and Heroes that costs eight dollars. And I was like, I have eight dollars. Continue, please. (laughs) It was like it's just a really fun light skirmish game. And then I looked down at my like thirty Space Marines, and I was like, that seems nice. That seems nicer than this. (laughs) But I'm already in the hole. And Pablo had come over. Pablo had come over, and we played our first real game of 40k, and I hated it. I we mean, also said you played it wrong, right? Like most games. We did. We did. Um, but we, we played more at, we played more games after that, and I also hated it. And the more I thought about it, the more it just it just was not for me. Um yeah. and so after our first game of it might have been our second game, one of our games of 40k, I was like, hey, come upstairs. I downloaded this rule set for this thing called Song of Blades. I want you to check it out. And he comes upstairs and we literally sit on my floor on the carpet and I had some rocks from from the front yard and I just set rocks around for terrain and we mm-hmm. just played on the floor like fucking five-year-olds um, <laughs> fighting our little guys against each other. And it the worked. game took like, yeah, and the game took like half an hour and he was like, that was really fun. And now granted, he still likes Warhammer. He's into Warhammer. That's why he bought my miniatures. That's his thing. That's cool. Again, no hate. Uh, but he was like, that was really fun and i was like it was really fun and i like it better because it's faster and easier and smaller and lighter and cheaper yeah 
and uh and since then i've been like that's that's my miniatures game and uh it's hard to get it's surprisingly hard to get people interested because when you tell them like oh i play warhammer okay well how do i get into it well you go buy the warhammer box for the guys that you like and then you paint them and then you buy this big rule book yeah. song of blades is more like well first find some miniatures what do you mean find some what do you have some i mean yeah i guess okay well you paint those yeah. well i don't need like anything special no you just paint them and it's like it's it's a little too free form, I think, for some people. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I, I guess we can get into what we like about the game while yeah. we're kind of getting there. And and for me, it's it's any miniature you want works, um, and that's literally anything. I think I even saw I was I was looking online about it, and people were talking about using like action figures. Yeah, you you um, could do a bag of M and M's and be like, yellow guys are yeah. archers, red M and M's are are this um, fire. And then whenever like, I whenever I beat your guy, eat him. Yeah, <laughs> actually, that sounds actually really fun. I would like except that, that you keep it in a bag for months. <laughs> and keep you reusing the and same, then, and then you paint space armor on it. <laughs> um, you can make it's a own, space marine. You can make your own your your own battles. You can create your own missions. Um, like we talked about before, you can do Batman versus Conan, elves versus New York police officers. <laughs> like, and granted, most most war games allow for you to make your own scenarios and stuff, but because Song of Blades is so rules light, that's what I like about it. It's really yeah. easy to do. You don't need to have a really extensive knowledge of the system to make your own scenarios. You know, you're like, okay, there's two stats, and that guy's big, and that guy's a leader. Okay, yeah. you know, that's it. That's all you need. And then the other thing, like, like we were saying, it's very easy point of entry. There's no hundred plus dollar buy-in mm-hmm. to get the game. It's an eight dollar PDF, and then whatever you have lying around the house, or whatever you're willing to pay to buy, and that yeah. also means that you can build it up over time. So even if you like today, you've got oh, I've got eight Lego miniature or eight Lego dudes, and I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna play Lego, have my Legos there, or over the next couple months, each month I buy a new miniature like D miniature to build up mm-hmm. my army like you can do that and that's fine and there's no strict rule set about how your miniatures have to be painted in order to be used yeah well <laughs> i do think it's also this thing where it's like um if you're listening to this podcast first of all hi um, Hello. but also you you probably have a board game with some miniatures somewhere in it. or standees you could use you, cop- you can yeah. use cardboard standees that you have in in your, uh, if you have Dead of Winter or yeah, something like that. And the only thing that really matters, because we talked about miniature size, the only thing that really matters is consistent base sizes. Yep. So, like, my talisman miniatures have very small bases on them. If but you I use just bought, all talisman miniatures, and that works. Well, I just bought a pack of one-inch bases, which is what I use on everything else, and I have a big ball of sticky tack. So if I want to use one of those, I just sticky tack it to a one-inch base, and there you go. Now it's compatible with all of my other Song of Blades stuff. And they don't you have know. to be painted. We're just insane, and we like to paint everything. <laughs> this is true. This is very true. But I, it's, it's. I mean, my my things I like are the same as yours. It's skirmish level, miniatures agnostic. I love the pushy luck gameplay. That's what we really sold it everything. on me. Is that the gameplay is so much fun? I, I think if I fast. could somehow fix Batman to be have a pushy luck mechanic, uh, then you'd <laughs> love that game more. That might be it, yeah. But it's this thing where where it, I love games where I'm engaged on your turn. And if yeah. I'm watching you and I'm seeing, oh, he's rolling two dice, that could be a turnover. It could be my turn any second. So yeah. I'm very interested in what you're doing because I'm like, oh, how many dice are you going to roll? Are you going to roll two? You could fail two and this could be my turn. It's it's tense. It's fun, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. I also do really love the heavy DIY emphasis. It's super cheap. 
very easy movement systems. Build I mean, your it own sticks, terrain. you know. Um, and then I also love that it is is game master and campaign compatible um, because it can almost really kind of be a and d light if you want it to be very easily. You could also just get like small cardboard boxes, put them on the table, pretend that they're mountains or, or hills or whatever you want them to be. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, no... I, I, I love it. I've, I've looked at a lot of different skirmish level games and this is this is this is my one. Um, I kind of I I looked briefly at Frostgrave as an alternative, but this is just so easy. It's so cheap. It applies to literally any miniature you have. Um, as as long as it's I was gonna say like you probably couldn't do like a Space Marine in it, but you really could. You just give them like shooter long, yeah. and then just go. Well, they shoot laser beams because. It's not, or you know, you don't have a, a special make rule. Make a leader that, or a hero or... Yeah, you don't have a special rule that's like, oh, an archer with a bow. It's just like shooter. You have some type of shooty weapon that yeah. does the shooting. So there you go, plasma cannon. Cool. Do you have any uh, Do you have any problems with the game? Um, my only real issue is the fact that uh, uh, this, the, 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 the traits, the special traits that go onto each profile that you assign to your models... Um, mm-hmm. to make to make them individual other than just their two stats, you know, things like shooter, magic user, leader, savage. Those um, they're called special rules and they are there's a few pages of them in each expansion. Yeah. So the special rules are kind of scattered across several volumes of expansions. So it's kind of a pain to find them all. And some of them are specific, like, oh, this special rule you can only give to someone after they've they, you know, in a campaign mode or or whatever. Yeah, and the so, problem I had building building my uh my faction was i didn't i couldn't find those rules online easily without yeah. purchasing the it's one of those things list. where if this was a bigger game there'd be some big giant quick reference somewhere um which i've made one so if anyone out there is like i want to play this game but i want a quick reference i personally made one you can have it just you know tweet us or email us or whatever however you we can don't have a twitter so don't do that discord discord us <laughs> we do have a discord um because i that that was really my only problem and and it's only even a problem during warband construction because once you've built your warband every guy only has like one or two special abilities and you usually remember them I mean, or that you was can just my, write a page number next to it. You know, my problem with it was that you do have like one or two special abilities that you give a, a person, and you do kind of need to know what that is in order yeah. to make the game run smoothly. It's not game breaking, but it does mean that you have to go. Well, hold on, I want to use this ability. Let me look it up again and verify yeah. what it does. But even that, um, I, it it honestly is so inoffensive compared to just like any other game because yeah, I mean, it wasn't my like when we is, stopped Conan and we were like well we have to we're like yelling rule. at each other like is that how it works <laughs> you know it's like oh hold on let me go to page 12 okay let me read it yeah. if you you charge in melee okay yeah you know um, there it's, we go it's, it's plain and simple it's a very minor complaint but it's the only one I really have um, we did have here current impressions which I feel like is our first impressions or at least my yeah, first impressions so I, it. I don't really I haven't really played enough of it to have more of a current impression than I already do which is that I, I like it so far um, and we played two games together I won the first game surprisingly it was kind of like an upset I was excited about and mm-hmm. the second game I like I said I played a bunch of slow zombies that you just slowly yeah. destroyed yeah, it was it was um it wasn't a slog because the the games yeah. really are short, but it was like it's coming. It was a slog <laughs> compared to the first game that was fairly quick. Um, um but other than I, that, like had fun both times. Even though I was my, the fun in the second game was just slowing you down and like. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. We've, I've still, even personally, barely scratched the surface of what Song of Blades has to offer. Um, I'm still digging through expansions, learning rule systems. It's just, it seems like a really great thing to just always kind of have on my shelf and be like, oh, I bought this board game. Oh, we're kind of bored of it. Cool, take the miniatures out. Let's let's fight just the miniatures. You know, action figure, yeah. playground, battle style. Like, and you can even, you know, you could do that in between. Even if you came up with a campaign, you could be like, hey, let's just play a match where we're just beating the crap out of each other. Yeah, I mean, the the campaign there is a uh, uh, campaign rules in the base game, but it's really meant to be like, hey. This is a series of two or three battles, and you can do a whole campaign in a night, you know, is, is what they're kind of geared toward. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I think it's just – I think it's for anyone that is into, like, heavy thematic Ameritrash-style board games like we are that has lots of miniatures lying around, and you're like, man, I don't play this game anymore, but I don't want to sell it or whatever. I don't know what to do with it. This is a great thing to have on your shelf and be like, I don't know. Let's take all my Ninja Turtles miniatures out, and I just remembered I have Ninja Turtles miniatures that I can yep. paint and also do. Um and, I mean, and be like, all right, let's take these turtle. out and we'll fucking fight these guys. That'll be fun. Ninja Turtles you know? versus Conan <clears throat> versus Judge Dredd versus Batman. Yeah, I kind of like this. I think I might paint some Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the, the future of the game for you? Um, I, I mean, uh, it's I think it's going to be a mainstay on my shelf for the foreseeable future. It does seem to have been replaced I mean, it's so by... so cheap, you can't get rid of it besides throwing the yeah. manual in the trash. Like <laughs> uh, it, it does seem to have been replaced by Advanced Song of Blades and Heroes, but there's still plenty of people out there playing regular Song of Blades, judging by the Facebook group. Um, uh, the designer is very active online. His most recent game is Four Against Darkness, which is like a solitary dungeon crawler. That seems to be his focus right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited to play more of it. I'm excited to have an excuse to paint board game miniatures and use them outside of the box, you know, and, and I mean, have a I'm second excited function to, for them. to try it out more than what we've already done, even if it turns out to where we don't like it, kind of like <clears throat> X-Wing did. Um, at least I didn't really spend any more money on it if, if we end up not liking it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, where can you buy this game? Ganesha Games, G-A-N-E-S-H-A games.com. It's also available uh, print on demand at Lulu, and most of it is also available on Amazon pre-printed. Yeah. You know, so yeah. And then our last thing that we always talk about is, is it worth it? I'm going to go first just because I've got the least amount of information. Um, but, uh, but if I would say it's worth it if you have somebody to play it with or if you're willing to go and find somebody to play with at a game store near you um it's easy enough to teach justin taught it to me in like t 10 minutes <laughs> if that yeah yeah so it's not it's not difficult to teach it seems pretty easy to learn um and it's if you have enough miniatures to bring like justin brought like a small box yeah of i've just got a big box of pre-painted D, D miniatures from the early yeah. aughts as they're known and um, we just I played mean, with all those for eight dollars even if it was kind of bad, it would be worth it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's $8. $8 is like, if I played it once and had a good time, it's kind of worth $8. Thankfully, it's a very good game. It's very fun. It's very fast. It's very light. It's very flexible. And you can kind of mold it to do whatever you want. Um, yeah. Like $8 and 20 minutes of paper crafting, and you have a fully functioning war game that uses literally any miniatures, including a fistful of coins or M&Ms or whatever. So you, it's fistful of coins that you throw at your friends. Yeah, just chuck it real hard and then roll some dice and yell, Song of Blades! <laughs> um, like, if you're like me and you've got these huge boxes full of tons of fantasy miniatures sitting on your shelf and you're like, 
what do I fucking do with all this shit? Do this with it. Repurpose your miniatures into a game that they can go into. Have some fun fighting dudes against other dudes. It's a good time. I highly recommend it. I and the expansions. The expansions so far I've seen most of them. There's even spinoff games. There's one that's for fighting fungi people against each other. One for fighting colonial teddy bears against each other. And there's also a King Arthur spinoff. And these all use the same Song of Blade system. They're just themed differently. There's a King Arthur spinoff nice. that is specifically like Arthurian Legends Song of Blades. There's there's tons of content for it. I think every PDF of the Song of Blades stuff is $8. So there you go. That's not bad. Yeah. So we would highly suggest, at least right now, uh, checking it out. And we'll probably come back at a later time, probably in the couple months maybe or a year yeah. and, and give if, an actual you, review of it i think if you're like hey i'm a hardcore war gamer looking for something to play three times a week i, I don't know that song of blades is going to fit the bill for you i think you're going to want something crunchier something bigger something deeper something with more yeah. accessories to purchase but if but you're if, a board gamer that's like hey i'd like to play some skirmish games and i already have tons of plastic oh it's 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 yeah, absolutely it's i want to play with a friend once a month <laughs> like, yeah that go that, that works out or especially um, if if maybe you are a war gamer and you're looking to play with younger children or nieces or nephews or whatever that that are like hey i want to you know play this game this is i mean this is like simplistic enough that little kids could could play this easily yeah well um i think that's that's going to be it for song of blades and hero first today we do have a instagram that you can check out at board game barbarians we do trying to post there at least uh, every board game day that we have uh, posting some pictures from there. I did post some of Justin's nicely painted Conan miniatures that he had done. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, we also have a Facebook. About 30 of them, by the way. Yeah. Well, which is they more, weren't on, which is 30 more than of them weren't on the board. It's know. a lot more than you. I know. Okay. <laughs> Don't rub it in my face. Um, <laughs> but we also do have a Facebook at facebook.com slash board game barbarians. Um, and we do have a discord that link will be in the description. If you'd like to join and come and talk to us, um, we've kind of increased that to have, we've got a, a trading card game section that we talk about, um, fairly regularly. And then we've got a, a miniatures painting area that's, that's gotten pretty active over that's the past. That's like 90% of the chatting going on. Yeah. Now. Is now miniatures painting. So if you have any questions for us about miniature painting, we can try to answer that or, or get you in the right direction. Or if you just want to share pictures of it we share pictures of, of everything that we're painting all the time i guess i should add that to the instagram as well yeah maybe um, i don't know yeah maybe maybe i should but uh definitely give us a check that out and give us a say hello come by um yeah. but as always remember what is best in life justin board games board games good night everyone board games